on the old National Bank Talk and Text Line. Vince's sound effects on point again. So, confirmed. That's filling the soda. That's the moose. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Now, how would it have sounded had the moose also been getting popcorn? I don't have a popcorn noise. Hmm, deficiency, I'll work what on that. What about digging through the candy? <laughs> <laughs> Looking for his snow caps or whatever. Speaking of sound effects. Juji fruits. That's how it may have sounded in South Texas after that rocket exploded <laughs> and you lived in that area. Oh, what would that be? The, the sediment raining yes. down on your the home? The debris flying 1,400 feet from the launch pad all across the area. Now they're concerned about that. Yeah, he's taking some for this. Yes, engineers at SpaceX still analyzing the data generated by last week's launch of that massive rocket. The FAA is not happy about it, though. The FAA says, hey... They've grounded SpaceX's Starship program pending the results of this investigation. The launch of the 400-foot rocket and uncrewed space capsule was incredibly powerful. So powerful that it sent debris flying 1,400 feet from the launch pad into the Gulf of Mexico. So powerful that it seriously damaged the launch site itself, melting the concrete designed for extreme conditions. Despite all that, SpaceX CEO Elon Musk expects the company to be ready for its next launch in a couple of months. Jim Ryan, ABC News, Dallas. Uh, you know, I don't have the confidence I once had. Man, I've never heard of concrete melting. So you're going to have to rebuild that entire thing. Right, because they were celebrating. They said it was a success because it didn't blow up on the pad, so we were able to save all the infrastructure. But apparently they didn't. Right. Then you have debris raining down on, apparently, in some residential areas, yeah. right? Uh, in addition to the ocean. Engineers and advocates now concerned that the ash and sand-like particulate matter could hurt respiratory health, could cause irreparable harm to endangered species in that area, also to people. Well, now NASA's dumped a whole lot of rocket debris in the ocean as well. We never hear about that. Is that just because uh, it's a government entity, so they get a pass? But it's Elon Musk, and his rocket blows up, and now we're mad at him. I'm not supporting it or not supporting it. I just mean like... I mean, it is sending a lot of stuff down in a bunch of pieces. I mean, clearly they've had to deal with that. So, I mean, you're grounded now, so you got to figure that out. Plus, you need to build a new rocket and a new launch pad, and you're going to be on the moon, what, by 2025? And you got to figure mm. out the checkmark thing. Yes, and on Twitter's Twitter. still a mess. Oh, boy. They're mm. called Johnson & Sons Paving. i got to find out about melted concrete. Their concrete never melts. Let me tell you something. Read the ad now. You got six fifteen on Wisconsin's morning news. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Entering Monday night, and it was a must-win game for the Milwaukee Bucks, who were down two to one in the best of seven series against the Heat. And apparently, in the last six minutes of the fourth quarter, someone forgot to tell them that. Feeds ahead to Butler, and he slams it through and hangs on the rim for good measure. Miami has its first lead of the night. Their first lead would come late there in the fourth quarter, as Dave Kane on WTMJ described. And behind 56 points from Jimmy Butler, the Miami Heat send the Bucks on the brink of elimination following a come-from-behind win 
119 to 114 on Monday night. Yeah, I mean, I think the turnovers hurt. Um, you know, I think a couple of them were were late when you know I think we were trying to you know play against the clock and play fast. And you know, we'll have to look at the others. You know, see um, how we could be better. Um, I thought we had some good looks and we weren't able to put them down. History is not on the Buck side. Only four times since the NBA adopted a 16-team playoff format has a number eight seed knocked off a number one seed in a playoff series. Game five will be played in Milwaukee on Wednesday night. Over the NFL, where quarterback watch in Green Bay has officially ended. The Packers and the Jets finally agreeing for a trade around the four-time MVP Aaron Rodgers. The Packers receiving New York's 2023 first-round pick, a 2023 second-round pick, number 42, a 2023 sixth-round pick, and a conditional 2024 second-round pick that becomes a first-round pick if Rodgers plays 65% of the plays in New York this next season. The Packers, though, they send off their 2023 first-round pick, number 15, so they pick-swap there for this upcoming first-round pick. round on Thursday and a 2023 fifth round pick to the Jets. I think where our team is at, obviously Aaron's uh, you know up there in age and has you know, you know I don't know however many years he has. I think he's got some really good football left in him. But uh, I think for us, it was just uh, as we got through the offseason and started talking about where we wanted to go, um, this made a little bit of sense for us. We wanted to get his input, like I've told you guys in, in the past, and would have loved to have that and kind of see where he sat with that. Um, that didn't happen. That was a little bit unfortunate and disappointing for me. But at the same time, um, I just think, you know, as we move forward, um, you know, uh, we're really excited where Jordan can go. He needs to play. And uh, having him sit another year, I think, um, would really delayed kind of, you know, where we're going and what we're trying to build. The NFL draft is next up for the Green and Gold, which begins on Thursday night. And finally, the Milwaukee Brewers dropped their second loss in a row on Monday night, this time to the Detroit Tigers by a final of 4-2. to The Brewers will look to bounce back tonight. Eric Lauer is slated to get the start. That first pitch is all set for 640. Coming up, a proposal to move Wisconsin to a flat tax and lower the rate for everyone gets a hearing in Madison today. on Wisconsin's Morning News. Public hearing today in Madison on a proposal to lower personal income taxes across the board in Wisconsin and also institute a flat tax rate instead of the progressive rate system that we have now. I spoke earlier with Senate Majority Leader Devin Lemahue, R. Oostberg, about that and a few other issues in the state legislature. Uh, Mr. Majority Leader, I get a frequent question, and some folks try to correct me via our text line and others. Can I start out? by having you pronounce your last name, just so it's on the record once and for all. Lemahue. Ha <laughs> ha! I started as Lemahue. I was corrected. And then for the last couple of years, I've been calling you Lemahue, but I will still have people contact us on the talk and text line and say, you're saying it wrong. Relatives who pronounce it Lemahue. So that's, it's a family uh, dispute, but uh, I prefer Lemahue and a lot of my close relatives do as well. <laughs> All right. Well, let me hew it is. Let's get on to the business of the day. You have a hearing later this morning on a couple of issues related to taxation here in Wisconsin. And the first would be a Senate bill that uh, you are sponsoring that would establish a flat income tax rate. Can you give us the nuts and bolts of that and then why you support it? Sure. So it's a four-year guide glide path to a flat tax. Uh, currently, we have four tax rates ranging from 
uh, low 3.35 all the way up to 7.65 on the top end. And um, so the plan is to reduce all four tax rates to uh, get it down to 3.25. And the reason this is important is that three of our four surrounding states already are at a flat tax. Illinois is at 4.95%. Michigan's at 4.25%. Iowa is moving down to under 4% at 3.9%. But the vast majority of our people working full-time in Wisconsin either pay the 5.3% or the 7.65%, which is higher than all of our neighbors. Now, the knock on the flat tax, Senator, is always those folks who are the lower income earners are less in a position to pay that level of taxation. The beauty about the plan that we're having a hearing on a little later today is that it's cuts taxes for all income tax brackets, the low end and the high end. You know, the other critique is that the the millionaires and billionaires are receiving huge tax cuts, but they're the ones paying the vast majority of income taxes in Wisconsin. So if you're going to cut tax rates, the people who pay the most in taxes are going to see the most in tax savings. It's just simple math. Talking with Senate Majority Leader Devin Lemahue, Republican of Oostburg. So, Senator, if we're lowering taxes for everybody, how do we pay for this? Well, the good thing about the position that we're in right now is that we have a $7.1 billion surplus going into our next budget, which starts July 1st. Uh, So that means, first of all, that we're charging too much in taxes to the hardworking families of Wisconsin. Um, But we're we're in a unique position where we have an incredibly large surplus and revenue to work with in the next budget. Senate Minority Leader Devin Lemahue is with us this morning on Wisconsin's Morning News. A couple other things I wanted to ask you about. Let's talk about medical marijuana. Speaker Voss next door in the Assembly has indicated there could be movement on that front among his caucus and that they might have something to roll out that would approve some form of medical marijuana use in Wisconsin by the fall. So I haven't had discussions directly with the speaker about this yet, but we've had internal discussions with our caucus, and I think we're getting close to a position where we can get 17 votes on board for some form of medical marijuana. It needs to be, you know, regulated very well. Um, but, you know, I, th- I think we're getting really close to a, a spot where where this bill can get done. Um, but, you know, like any bill, the sort of the devil is in the details. So it needs we need just to make sure that it doesn't become, you know, dispensaries, essentially giving out marijuana for a non-doctor on some street corner, but that it's actually used for medical purposes. So you can hear it there also covered recreational marijuana with the majority leader. That's not happening as long as he's in charge. Also covered state funding for American Family Field. That is happening. Senator Lemahue pointing out that the brewers generate a ton of taxes in the state. So it's a win to keep them here long term even though it won't be exactly as the governor drew it up in his state budget. Majority leader in the Wisconsin State Senate, Devin Lemahue, Republican, Oostburg. I'm calling for it. I want it. I want it to happen today. If ever there were a day where this would be okay, this would be the day in Madison. Tower, this is Ghost Rider requesting a flyby. Negative Ghost Rider, the pattern is full. Come on, you got to let them buzz the tower today. <laughs> Are they going to do it? Which tower? Just the one by the airport? or can <laughs> Yeah, they, can uh, they any buzz, tower. Can they buzz Camp Randall? Fine. Maybe the Capitol building? <laughs> got to let them do it. The 115th Fighter Wing in Madison will take delivery of its first F-35A Lightning II fighter jet solidifying the future of the base at Truex Field there in Madison that employs more than a 1,000 Wisconsinites. 
estimated economic impact of $100 million a year on the local economy. Mm -hmm. It serves an important homeland security mission as well. They have an alert mission where they are on standby every day. Fighter jets can be scrambled from Madison if necessary to defend the homeland, to intercept something, to go up there. In fact, pop down a balloon. Who knows what we need them for? But they are on alert. And uh, we've had Vice Wing Commander Colonel Charlie Merkel on the show before. Top Gun trained fighter pilot. He's very excited to take these F-35s at the base. Since ever, the 115th, which if you are flown out of Madison, so it's we joke because it's right across the street from the civilian airport. or Not across the street, across the runway. Mm -hmm. It's right there. But right, just like at Mitchell, the 128th Air Refueling Wing is across the way from where we all get on airplanes. Um, this is a military installation there, and they sort of share that air, air, airport. And so they've flown F-16s out of this base for since ever. And the F-16s are ultimately getting phased out in the military. So the 115th earns the distinction now of being only the second Air National Guard base in the nation to transition to this next generation F-35. And it's a big deal for the base. It's exciting. Uh, it's, it's new technology. It's, it's cutting edge. It puts this base on the map uh, really worldwide. Vice Wing Commander Colonel Charlie Merkel in an interview that I did with him on base uh, several years ago as they were still anticipating this. So it's not just for the pilots, it's for all the techs, it's for all the uh, maintenance folks who work on these aircraft. Like a big deal. A lot of them have been training. They've gone to other guard bases and other military installations to learn about the new aircraft. So a lot of learning has gone on there. $20 million in construction to build out the facility to take the new aircraft. All good things in Madison. I'm looking for the press release here to see if there's something about one of these planes just buzzing over the isthmus just right there in between the lakes. It's all the way up to the Capitol. Ceremony at 1 o'clock this afternoon. Come on. <laughs> Making it happen. If I want it to happen. Waking everybody up. They could do it early. Do it at any time. No, no, ma'am. This is not a good idea. Sorry, Goose, but it's time to buzz the tower. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Marky Bucks were up 15 at one point last night in the fourth quarter and quickly and unfortunately saw that evaporate as Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat stormed back to take down the deer by a final of 119 to 114. Butler led all scoring with 56, the fourth highest scoring mark in playoff history in Miami. It now takes a commanding three games to one lead. Game five will be played in Milwaukee on Wednesday night. Over to baseball where the Milwaukee Brewers dropped their second loss in a row Monday night, this time to the Detroit Tigers by a final of 4-2. to two. Colin Ray got the start for the crew, throwing five innings of work and allowing all four earned runs. The Brewers will look to bounce back tonight. First pitch is set for 640. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's Brendan Snide. Well, we have finally arrived Packers fans. Not too long ago on January 8th, the Packers were officially eliminated from the 2023 playoff pitcher. Things in Green Bay were, to put it simply, they were bleak. They were unknown. There were clearly more questions than answers. Now that we fast forward to March 15th, a couple months later, and an appearance on a punter's daytime talk show answered the biggest one of them all when Rodgers announced he wanted to go play in New York. Following the news of a new era beginning in Titletown, here is my take on it all. First, the Packers did a marvelous job in sending off an almost 40-year-old quarterback who said he was, quote, 90% retired just over a month ago. The Packers getting a pick swap from 15 to 13 is excellent, but the one piece that really sticks out to me is the 2024 conditional second-round pick. That, barring any injury to number 12, 
easily becomes a first-rounder next year in a much better draft class. Also huge in this, no protections from Green Bay to New York, which to my best guess was probably the main reason for the holdup. The bottom line though here, guys, no one is saying Love is going to do what 12 did. That is not realistic. We get that. Rodgers will quickly go down as the most incredible thrower of the football in Green Bay, and you can make the argument in NFL history. It is also okay to appreciate 12, appreciate his greatness, and at the same time, it is also okay to accept it was time to move on from that said 40-year-old quarterback who, again, quote, was 90% retired. In my opinion, the Packers did a great job here, and if you didn't respect the job Goody has done, it's probably past time you start doing so. Six fifty one on Wisconsin's morning news. Definitely a cliche in sports to brand a game a must win when your team is down. You know, like it, say the Brewers are in, say they lose another one here, say ah oh, that's a must win then this weekend. No, it's, it's, it's not. not. One hundred sixty two games in the year, but literally the Bucks are in a must win situation when the playoff series returns here to Milwaukee against the Miami Heat. Next game tomorrow night, Bucks must win. Or the number one overall team in the association is out in the first round. Lori Nickel, two-time sports writer of the year for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, is with us this morning. Lori, talk me off the ledge here, or not, I guess. <laughs> uh, I can't do that. I'm you sorry. can't? I'll, I'll hold on to you, but you, know, <laughs> I, I, it, you know, my, the, the concern I have at this early hour is Giannis. Um, onto Takumpo because he didn't talk to the press last night after the game. And that's really, really unusual for him. He usually addresses, you know, good or bad. He right, usually whatever. addresses the game. And the fact that he fell right again on that, on that lower back, right on the last play, last drive of the game, the TV cut out, didn't follow up with it. The announcers didn't notice it, nothing, but it looked bad. And then, you know, I was messaging, um, my colleague Jim Ozarski last night till like midnight or 1230, what's going on, what's going on. And they were still waiting word, you know, what's going on with Giannis and stuff. So I, yeah, it's a must win situation for sure. And then are they going to have Giannis Antetokounmpo in some shape or form on Wednesday night? That's the big question. You know, Laura, you said something earlier this month that has stood with me since you said it. You said that we, we better enjoy this because mm-hmm. after this run, when if, it's, if it ends tomorrow or later this summer, mm-hmm. that it's likely going to be a lot different next year. Well, it, we, have, we know there's a new ownership group coming in, and um, you know there's two big stars who could leave. And I don't know what their plans are. I don't know that what they, if they know what their plans are, but Brooke Lopez is eligible for free agency, and so is Chris Middleton. And those are two big, big parts of this franchise. And then there's like five or six other guys, you know, going everybody from Jay Crowder to Joe Ingles to, you know, we don't know who will come back. Um, So it could change a lot, I mean, in in a whole year. And if the Bucks, and then, you know, there's all kinds of speculation of what happens if the number one team in the league loses and loses in the way that they've lost in the first round, um, what that might mean for the future of the, you know, for everybody. So yeah, it, we weren't expecting this. That's for sure. Talking with Lori Nicholas, Milwaukee journal Sentinel. So one of the reasons that the bucks got beat last night was Marquette star, former Marquette star, Jimmy Butler, just Jimmy went Buckets. off 
dropped a 50-plus burger on us. What's his problem? He played, like, so mean and angry. I'm very offended. I think it was great. It was awesome, though. I wish my guys were that angry. I know, right? And he's playing hurt, too. You know, he's had... Yeah, I thought he was supposed to maybe not play yesterday. (laughs) Come on! That's a big, big problem. So he's had 146 points in four games against the Bucks. That's right up there um, with Kawhi Leonard, who beat the Bucks in 2019 from Toronto, and Jason Tatum last year, who beat the Bucks in seven games. I mean, it's kind of one of those historic performances. And he, I, reading all the quotes out of Miami and stuff, he's just in the zone right now. He took a leadership role, and he did everything um, – and Drew Holiday, they, it's not like the Bucks didn't put one of their best guys on him. Drew Holiday was on him. Chris Middleton was on him. Um, and, you know, Butler is on a mission. I saw one thing I thought was interesting is he said he wanted to come back and play for the crowd in Milwaukee. And I wonder what that's about. You know, if there's some uh, history there or if people were talking about him or something or saying things, fans in the stands or something, or if it was just simply he wanted to be in front of his old Marquette crowd, but he is highly motivated right now. And the Heat have two guys who are out. I mean, right. Victor Oladipo and Tyler Hero, and they still won this game. And it's all because, you know, nobody's had that many playoff points since Giannis did it with 50 points in the NBA Finals in 2021. It was just remarkable. Hey, Lori, I obviously got to ask you about number 12. So Aaron Rodgers. Or number eight. Or number eight, yeah. <laughs> now, now a New York Jet, or they're <laughs> finalizing the details of that. How, how would you, this might be too difficult of a question to answer this quickly, but how do you define his legacy with Green Bay? Oh, see, you're going to get me in trouble if I say it's complicated. <laughs> I think he's going to, oh, I'm not even in his inner circle or outer circle, but I'll get in trouble for that. Um, you know, there's there's several legacies and several layers. You know, there's the player, um, the athlete, you know, the winner, and then there's the off-the-field stuff. To me, he's one of the smartest people I've ever um, talked to on a regular basis, photographic memory, um, incredible recall, especially in that uh, championship year, the leadership ability he had to tap into people and get the absolute most out of them is a thing that I'll remember. And he was a rebel. You know, he was never supposed to be this good. He wasn't supposed to be able to follow Brett Favre. He was supposed to, you know, nobody believed that this was going to happen. And um, from the draft throughout his entire career, even when he started out that Super Bowl season, he didn't have the greatest month and a half of um, 2010. So to me, he's kind of a rebel at heart and always out there to prove people wrong. And I, you know, again, he's a smart guy, really smart guy. He he would have a lot to offer the game if he decided to retire and do something with football afterwards. Lori Nickel, two-time sports writer of the year. That was uh, really well summed up. Thank you, Lori. Great Will to Jordan to Love throw for 400 touchdowns? <laughs> Go on the record now. <laughs> Respond. Um, sorry. Connection's not good. <laughs> what? And that'll be the end. We'll talk again Thanks, next Lori. week. Thanks, Lori. Take care, you guys.